Hello and welcome to the Jordan High 2004 podcast. This is Gonzo. And this is Steve. Hey, Steve. Hey, Gonzo. It's good to see you. (laughs) It's good to see you, too. It was good to see you on Friday night. Yeah, uh, Bonnie's birthday. So, happy birthday, Bonnie. Just 35. One year older and wiser, too. Yeah. One year more beautiful. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) I love you, Natalie, so much. (laughs) You got something you want to talk about? Uh, you know, I was thinking about that, and th- the main thing I want to talk about is, ever since James came on, he talked about vulnerability, talked about Brene Brown, and I've been listening to a ton of her stuff. I hadn't heard of her before and seen some things, but I've been listening to a lot of talk about vulnerability, and also a lot of talk about shame, and uh, it's just really opened my eyes about how how people act when they feel shame compared to feeling guilt. And, uh, it's actually opened my eyes in the way I parent and, you know, I don't know, like in our house, whenever our kids fight, and I think a lot of parents are like, Hey, don't say that. Like our kids will call each other idiots or, and it's like, <laughs> we've never call anyone that. So obviously yeah. they've learned it somewhere. But lately, Wesley, he's almost seven. He'll be seven in January, but he'll yeah. like, if he does something wrong, he'll be like, I'm such an idiot. And he's kind of created this thing where it's like, He's believing this. If he does something bad, that's saying something bad about him. He believes he is bad. And so I've been kind of changing the way of just trying to hear him and be like, hey, you're not in trouble. Like, whatever it is, you know, something where I'm like super pissed. Like, he broke our microwave. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I told you this. You told me about this. Yeah. It's like, so I came home from work one day and the microwave is open. So I was like, oh, so I closed it. And when I closed the door, it turned on. I was like, what the crap? And I keep pushing end and off and it won't turn off. So I have to, I'm like, oh, so I like unplug it, plug it back in. It's just busted. It won't turn off. So I'm like, Natalie, what happened? And she's like, Wesley broke the microwave. And I was like, okay. So I'm trying to be better. And I'm like, Wesley, you're not in trouble. I'm not mad at you. Just show me what you did. And so he, knowing that he's not in trouble, proceeds to stand on a chair and slam the microwave as hard as he can. I was like, what are you doing? Like, I immediately like lost it. <laughs> After I told him, you're not going to be in trouble. It's like, why are you slamming that door? And I had to breathe and I apologized to him. And, and so I'm just trying to be a lot more aware. And we, we had some guy come out and fix it and it's fine now. Yeah. But I, just trying to be aware uh, of how I talk to my kids, but also how I talk to myself and trying to navigate and learning these cool tools. So I think without going into tons of details, but it's just like, I I would recommend just like James said, like people talk or people listen to this Brene Brown stuff because it's really been eye opening for me to, to learn the differences between shame and guilt and how to navigate that and how to learn more about myself. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, and that's such a, that's such a great story. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and and it's so true because I, you know, you're like, no matter what, I'm not going to get mad. And you're like already a little mad when you're saying it. I'm actually trying to see. I'm telling this to myself. I'm not yeah. even saying that to you, Wes. I'm trying to remind uh, myself. Gosh, that kid. All right, so I've got something too. So I've got kind of like a a rough story and a funny or a funny story. So you pick what do you want. And the funny story might get me in trouble. Funny story. <laughs> Sorry, Bonnie. Like I guess they're always like about Bonnie. <laughs> so she's. She was saying that, like, so you, Oliver, our youngest, he, he's not diagnosed, but we're, we're super sure he's, he's autistic, or at least he's, he's on the spectrum. 
And a couple, a few days ago, um, Bonnie puts him in the bath. So he's in the bath and she's sitting um, on a little stool that we have like in the bathroom, <clears throat> just a couple of feet away from him. And she's not paying attention. She's just like, you know, playing on her phone or whatever. Yeah. And all of a sudden she gets hit with a turd. (laughs) (laughs) Oliver had pooped in the bath and picked it up and thrown it at her. (laughs) Like a monkey at the zoo. (laughs) (laughs) And what did she do next? She's just like, what the heck? Like totally surprised because she just wasn't looking. She was looking down and she all of a sudden gets hit with this thing. Then like you know like a whole bunch of cleanup and throw him in the shower now like, (laughs) uh, but yeah he's a he's a riot. That's the best. I love all of her poop stories. (laughs) I know we got a we got a whole bunch of them. That's why like that uh, that uh, upholstery cleaner was such a good buy. (laughs) You got that on Amazon? Yeah, yeah, on Amazon. It's a Hoover, a Hoover hand like hand upholstery cleaner. Check it out, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, five stars. It it works great. Yeah. What's the what's the rough story? Um, okay, I guess I'll share both of them. It's just so um, Oliver is also it's also about Oliver and we he he's starting special ed preschool on on his birthday or like a week after his birthday. But and Bonnie has to go to school with him and he is uh, on every category that they um, that they measure for the school, he's severely delayed in all of them. And even before then, we've been working with early development people and like an occupational therapist. But anyway, it, the the rough part is that it makes it really hard for our timing. School is, it's going to be, I think, from 10 to noon. And it makes it really hard for, because Rose, our middle child, goes to school like half day. Um, she's in kindergarten. So she might have to move school or we might have like a couple days a week. Someone would have to watch Rose or like help her go to the bus. So it's, the logistics of it has been rough and it's been stressful to try to figure out, okay, what are we going to do this for two days a week to, to have Oliver go to this, um, to this preschool. So it's been stressful. We still haven't solved it, you know, and it might, the best solution might be for Rosie to, and and I don't even know if it's a possibility for her to change like time that she goes to school, but then that might be hard on her because, you know, she's been going for a few months now and make, made friends and things like that. And, and then kids go to school super early in the morning. So now like, Bonnie was getting our oldest up early to go to school, but now she'd have to get both of them ready. And it, it's just been stressful like that. So That's a lot. That's a lot, but I don't know. I, but that poop story was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. But it would be interesting to see, you know, how, how he will do once he starts in that school and, like, yeah, being in that environment that's kind of designed to help him thrive outside of the home. Yeah, it's hard. Who knows, like... It's because he's still little, but it, you know, he, you can't, you can't get his attention for anything. So I I don't know, but those things are like, it's a special ed preschool. So they, the people are trained there to deal with, with kids that have special needs. So, uh, and we've had, we have one of our nephews that 
he he was nowhere near, but he just had some development, like some language issues. But after going to his his blown up, he's like talking so much more now. And so I don't know. I'm sure it'll be a benefit, you know, for Oliver. So we want to do it. Like there, um, it's just been hard to figure out, and that's been it's been stressful. Yeah, I I it'll be interesting to see how he does, and it'll yeah. be good luck figuring out the logistics. Yeah, we'll we'll get it. Maybe I'll, hey Natalie, maybe you can just go uh, pick up Rose. <laughs> you guys don't live far. <laughs> not, not that far. Well, who do we have today? Um, so we have Sarah Thompson today. Sarah Olson in high school. So uh, Bryson talked about her on his episode, and I feel like she's been talked about by a few people. Yeah. So it's it'll be nice to talk to her. It'll be see uh, see if she has any beef. Yeah, we we saw her the night we did the half marathon. At yeah. Teresa's house, but I hadn't seen her for years before that. Probably, I hadn't seen her in a long time either. Long time. So I'm really looking forward to talking to her and seeing what she has to share with us. It'll it'll be really fun. She's someone I considered like a good friend back in high yeah, school. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It'll, so here's our conversation with Sarah. It's Sarah Thompson. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. It's good to be here. <laughs> it's great to see you. It's been a long time, right? Two weeks, three weeks, maybe four. Yeah, it's been it's a while. almost five. But before then, <laughs> five years before that. Yeah, before then, it was. It's been a long time. So catch everybody up. How how are you doing in your life? What's what's new in your world? Well, I just had a baby. You guys saw my baby. He's three and a half months old. Congrats! That's been super cute. Consumption of my life right now. Um, I have four kids actually. I have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, a two-year-old. And then a three month old. So life's kind of full on in kid mode. Do you want me to start like timeline wise or what? Sure. What do you want yeah. To? Tell us a little bit like what's been up, what, what have you been doing since high school besides um, mom and kids? What does your journey look um, like? My journey. Well, it's all started with Bryce and Trees trying to kiss me. <laughs> no, <it's kidding. laughs> I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> After high school, I went to Utah State um, for two years. Um, then I decided to serve an LDS mission. I think we're all on our missions around the same time, which was kind of fun. I, we were all writing each other, supporting each other in that process. Um, I went to New Zealand and then um, came home and decided to finish my degree at Utah State. Um, I went into, I got a business degree with emphasis in HR management. I worked at um, Rio Tinto for about three years, um, did recruitment for them, um, the Kennecott mine. Um, and then I got married while well, I worked there about last 26 and then, um, started at the U and did, um, recruitment for the hospital for about nine months, got pregnant right when I started. So I only lasted the nine months and then out of there. And I have been in mom, mom mode since. So Nice. Very exciting. It is exciting. <laughs> and you said you had a seven-year-old all the way down to a three-and-a-half-month-old. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you've been busy. I've been kids. busy. Yeah, yeah, that feels more the consumption <laughs> of my life, even though I guess it's just been half of the, what, 18 years we've been out of high school. It flies by. Yeah. It does fly. It does. And I know you guys are in the same stage of life. It goes by quick. Yeah, just like Crystal said, just in, enjoy the journey wherever you're at, whatever life throws your way. <laughs> it is good advice. Yeah. 
Well, how did you how did you see yourself in high school? Who was Sarah back then? So it's been fun to hear everybody's reaction to who they were in high school. I think most of the people say they're insecure, and I would definitely fit in that category. I definitely like enjoyed my friends a lot, and and that was a huge part of surviving high school for me. I just like it's funny that Crystal talked about trying too hard. Because I feel like I didn't try hard enough. I didn't have the confidence to try out for things. And I mean, I tried out for choir, but I feel like everybody that tried out for choir made it right. But I I just didn't push myself in areas that I wish I would have looking back. I think I would have really enjoyed doing like student body or just things that I just didn't have the confidence to push myself to do. So that's kind of where my insecurities lied. It felt like everybody around me knew what their talents were, what they were good at. But I felt like I kind of was just floating in that area of life, like not knowing what I wanted out of life. I mean, I knew I wanted to get married and have kids one day. But besides that, like what I wanted to do for career, what my like strengths were, it was like hard for me to navigate that a little bit. But like I, like I said, like being with my friends was like a huge part of my life and still is I still like keep in touch with a lot of my high school friends which has been kind of fun I honestly think that's actually more common than not you know you everyone thinks that everybody else kind of knows what they want to do or knows their strength and weaknesses or their talents but I feel it's actually more common to like not know and to be confused or not know what you want to be when you grow up or things like that uh, I think it's the rare person that actually does have like, this is what I'm great at and this is what I'm going to do, you know. Um, I think most of us just do like, oh, I have no idea and always feel like it, that's an, an anxiety for most people, I think. Right. I don't know. And even now, like you see people on the streets and everybody around you seems like they're so confident, but everybody struggles with stuff. You just don't know. Yeah. And then even as a, as now, you you think it's like, oh, shoot, should I have... You know, it's like, should I be an accountant? They're like, you know, if I, my calling really would have been to like be a dermatologist and to pop people's zits and stuff. Like, <laughs> pimple popper. Yeah. It's a, a, a Dr. Pimple popper. But, you know, it's like, I just went for something like start, you got to study something, I guess, you know, and I don't know. I feel like that's a common thing. Yeah, I agree. Looking back, as everybody's been saying that, I'm like, oh, I wasn't the only one. That's nice. It almost seems like the people that did know, maybe like once you get into your mid-30s, some of us are going to start going through these midlife crises where it's like, <laughs> why did I choose that? I don't know if I want to do that. And like people are going to be making these changes. And it's kind of fun to like be on social media and see people going through big life events and changing. And I think it goes back to maybe we didn't know ourselves then or we thought we did. And we were always learning more about ourself so you know i don't know i think you're a good accountant though gonzo oh thanks uh, i mean it pays the bills what's that do you remember being in accounting together and yeah. i would always do your 10 key trials for you i was like if you became an accountant have you learned the 10 key well, my 10 key now is like so fast you don't even know i'm like I got so poor. i haven't been on a 10 key for years okay so yeah <laughs> You would do my 10 key and I would have other people do like my typing. I would handwrite 
papers and things and then i'd have someone type it up for me like usually brady levitt or someone would type it up and then it was on my mission where you would have an elder like you have 30 minutes or an hour or something to write emails and like i could do one email in like my whole session because i'm like pecking and like (laughs) for to try to figure out like what to do and you know my companion would like just like blaring like busting out 10 emails or whatever so then as soon as i got home i'm like i'm gonna do the i'm gonna learn typing and learn 10 key and i'm gonna you know really learn so in college i took a a typing class and now i know how to type but (laughs) (laughs) it, it took forever I was, I've been wondering that this whole time as you've been seeing your accountant. Like, but, thank you, Sarah. Down. Yeah, th- I'm like so fast with Tanky. Oh, 12,000 12, uh, keystrokes per minute, <laughs> per hour. I mean. know that yeah. reference that now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I did that same thing in, uh, in sign language. I would have like everybody do the homework for me, and then I would let them copy off my test. <laughs> <laughs> the best all right so sarah what else how else did you see yourself in high school you enjoyed your um, friends you were like a little bit insecure about who you were you know you were trying, trying to figure out stuff. or like yeah and you wish you pushed yourself a little further right right i mean socially i felt like i pushed myself pretty good like i like i said that wasn't an area um think of other things like I tend to have a shy nature about me. I push. I try to push myself out of it because I see the benefits of it rather than sitting like a wallflower. But I find myself like even at that party, you guys threw a karaoke mic in front of me, and I was like, I, like I just sometimes I get out of my comfort zone even now. Like I'm 36 years old, and I'm still like, uh, I'd rather not do that. Like I just find myself in situations that make me uncomfortable. It's always something I guess I'll deal with, but that was definitely the case in high school. I wasn't going to go run out and assembly and run on the stage and do something. But if I'm going to keep the people and feel comfortable, it's all good, right? So I'm trying to think what else. Like I, I started high school actually on a rough note. Um, I didn't have any friends actually to start high school, which sounds funny because all the friends I ended up with are live in my neighborhood and I was in young women's group with them. I knew them. Um, but I just had different friends in middle school and we naturally drifted apart that summer before high school. And I remember eating lunch with like random seniors that bar- I barely knew because I had no friends. And so it wasn't till like the middle of September, I went to a party. Josh Sorensen had invited me to go to Teresa's, one of Teresa's parties, which are like, everybody talks about those, but that's kind of where I like solidified some friendships and became better friends with all the girls in my neighborhood. So, um, and obviously kind of set me up for success with friends because that's what I kept through all through high school and now. So I think like a big part of me, like it's something that I've worked on as an adult, but as a big people pleaser back then, like I hated ruffling feathers. I didn't like contention. And so I'd always say yes. Like I said yes to this guy. I went to a dance with somebody barely knew. I'm trying to think what year it was. I don't even remember. Um, but it turned out to be like a really awkward situation between me and this guy. And I like, he had like, I think told me that he like had a crush on me or liked me, but I'm like, you barely know me. And it was like really awkward for the rest of my life. But I probably should have just said no. Like, cause it like made me all awkward and everything. But I just was such a people pleaser. I couldn't say no. I didn't want to hurt people's feelings. 
And I definitely have worked on that as an adult, like creating boundaries and knowing I don't want to be resentful of situations or doing things that I don't want to be doing. So like kind of standing firmer on what I do and what I don't want to do is something I've worked on. All right. So tell us what else, what else has changed? What, so you, you try not to be a people pleaser. What else has changed in who you are now? I definitely know what I'm good and what I'm not good at, like over the years of trying things. Um, I feel like in high school, like I kind of knew what my strengths were, like kind of call myself like a closet Martha Stewart in some ways. <laughs> like I loved crafting. I loved sewing. I loved doing all these things, but it just was kind of like lame. Like it, it just seemed like it was stupid and it just felt like everything was driving me to be that homemaker, but I was resisting it because I wanted more. I wanted to do something different, but those are my strengths. I like love cooking when I have time for it. But I started a sewing business um, a couple years ago, like sewing little kids clothes on Etsy and was doing really, really well at it. And I have like three sewing machines now that it paid for. And I like sew all these things, but it was taking like too much of my time. It like kind of got to the point where I choose my kids and my business. And so I let it go for right now and um, still side hobby. Um, but I like doing all the home things. I love interior design. I love creating and doing things with my hands, like being in the garden, doing like painting a house, like getting like the saws out. Me and my husband built this huge playhouse in our backyard a couple of years ago. And it took us like four months of just the labor and probably two months of planning it. And we did this all before COVID for what is like increasingly insane. Yeah. So yeah. it was like the Haven where my kids played all through COVID. So it's just been fun to like figure out that's what I like. I like to just be creative. I like to work with my hands. I like to, that's my outlet. That's how I cope through the stresses of motherhood and life. Is If I'm in creating something, doing something, that's what fuels me. That's cool. I love that. So. Hmm. That's really, I've been listening ever since uh, James brought up like Brene Brown. I've been listening to a ton of her vulnerability stuff. And like she talks about how uh, once kids are, when they're little, they'll create like drawings that look really bad. And everyone tells them like, oh, that looks great. You're doing awesome. And then eventually get to like fourth, fifth, sixth grade where they start realizing like, oh, my horse looks really stupid compared to that person who's actually looks like a horse. And so... <laughs> it's almost like going through school. We have situations where we, our creativity is suppressed and now we have a, a, a whole society of people who haven't really had a creative outlet. And so it's awesome that as an adult, you do these different things with your hands where you can create clothing or you go gardening, you can create a big playhouse in your backyard and just being able to have something in your mind and then create it and make it a real physical, tangible thing. And I love that you have a creative side to you that you use. I think that's a really cool thing. And I think every one of us, and I love that Gonzo's a really good drawing, drawer, I don't know, chalk drawer. Artist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was a word for it. But I just love that when people find something that they, one, think they're good at, and then they just love that thing. And so it's really cool to hear that you've just really embraced getting your hands dirty, getting into it and just creating things. Yeah, and I think I was too practical a lot, even through college. Like, I craved taking an art class, but it was, like, three hours of my time out of my studies and doing, like, you know, it just, it was too much time out of 
my end goal. And so I didn't make time for it. Mm. But I've learned now if I don't make time for that, I'm a mess. Like that's what fuels me. That's what helps me feel grounded and feels like I, it's in my outlet. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's great. That's, uh, I'm all about it. I, I think it's sometimes it makes you think like, oh, am I being selfish? But I feel like carving out a little time to do something that makes you feel good makes makes you a better makes you come as a better person as a clearer person for the rest of anyone who needs you so it's like i don't know for me if i take time apart to do you know to go play tennis or to um exercise i will be more patient with the kids later i will be i'll have more energy to like play with them or to um to do something well if not, I could maybe be there, but be kind of checked out. So I feel like if you carve out a little time to do something that makes you feel good, um, that refuels you as a person, you have more to give to the people who are, are in your life. So I'm, I'm totally with you. I, I love it. I'm going to start yeah, sewing baby clothes. Just... <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> He's going to start sewing baby clothes. <laughs> oh, you should. It's it's a hill ski. You'd love it. <laughs> I'm sure I would. <laughs> but I feel like also with that, like there's times and seasons. I think that is like a phrase that I always say to myself, mm-hmm. like just because I love, like I love cycling. Like I really got into cycling when I was, before I got married, but that's been a super challenging thing to like go back to yeah. with kids. And I have this pretty nice shiny bike in my garage that just sits there. And I just tell it one day, one day we'll get back on, you know, we'll go. And so I think it's just times and seasons. Sometimes you're able to do things more than others. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What are, um, you kind of touched on some things here, but what are things that you would say that you are passionate about now that you're 36? Like my family is a big big part like my kids like and with that like creativity like I haven't like pushed art on my my kids too much but like my son my seven-year-old son loves art and it's been really fun that he just has this natural ability and so like I'll buy I'll buy these like kits like let's make art and we'll do that together um but just putting I like because I don't know I'm one of one of eight kids in my family and I'm number seven. And so I felt like my parents were a little tired of being parents by the time I came around, to be honest. And I don't know if there was much like, oh, you're really good at this. Let's foster this. Let's yeah. do this. Whatever, you know. And my mom had chronic fatigue growing up and she still does. And so she didn't have the energy to put into that. And so anyway, I feel like I really have a passion for doing that for my kids. I want them to like feel fostered and fueled in like their passions and creativity. So I put a lot of energy into that, put a lot of time into my kids in that way, what they're interested in, I'll stand behind them and I'll encourage them and push them to do it and tell them they're, they're the best at it and they can do whatever, you know, I want them to feel empowered. As you've done that, have you noticed that they they'll have confidence in that thing, even if they're like not good at, at all, or do they like, do they give up? Or do they kind of... Well, yeah, like, through? it's funny because my seven-year-old, he's like, I'm a good artist. He always says that, you know, because I'm always telling him, oh, you're such a good artist. And my little five-year-old obviously can't draw as well, but she's like, I'm a great artist. And I can do this. <laughs> you know, like, you know? So she, like, feels that confidence, too, even though I'm not, it's not directed at her. 
And she was like, you know, but yeah, you are. You're great. You can do it. So I just wanted to know that they can do anything. Because I don't, like, I don't want to slam my parents. They were great. But I didn't, like, my husband comes from this family where they were like, you can be the president of the United States. And you can do whatever. And he, like, achieved all these things where I kind of sat back in a corner and didn't push myself. And I don't want my kids to do that. I want them, we all project things onto our kids that we wanted, right? Yeah. That's kind of my projection onto my kids. I want them to feel empowered and they can do things. Do you think that comes? I mean, not to like, not to slam your parents, but do you think that comes from that that you like were sitting back? Yeah, like a lot of my siblings are on the shyer side of life. Like we're all just kind of. I'm probably the most outgoing of all of them, and I just my parents just made academics a priority, and so academics was really pushed. But like extracurricular like sports teams, that kind of stuff, like leadership wasn't necessarily their priority. So it just wasn't pushed. But they're kind of quiet too, right? They're on the shower side. Not no? my dad. <laughs> oh, okay. You're scared of my dad. Do you remember that? I remember you always being scared of my dad. I just feel like maybe he didn't like me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. Uh, Sarah's dad, if you're listening right now. <laughs> yeah, send us a voice memo. What was your deal? <laughs> hey, he helps Steve change the brakes in his car. He's he not did. a bad guy. He did. He, I asked him, and it was like zero hesitation. It's almost like he was just really happy I asked for help. He loves helping. He's a good guy. <clears throat> so, funny story about that is it took him and I, it took us forever to change the brakes on my truck, but it's because I didn't know what I was doing. And is he I, making you do everything? No, uh, I think it's because we couldn't get it, the something off. I think the drum, it was the brakes, but it's because I had the the e brake pulled like super tight. Something weird, but we ended up breaking my brake. But I didn't tell him that. Oh my god! <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it was it was a fun learning experience for both of us. I'm sure it was. I've been in those <laughs> moments with my dad. Really fun. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. So Sarah, do we have any beef? So, a few things. And you brought one of them up. Do you remember? Well, you brought it up, so you remember. But I was going to bring up that you slashed my face after I got... Your wisdom teeth out, <laughs> yes. Out. I think it was at, like, a party, and you were, like, going to cork me or something. Somebody stood behind me, and then you came up and just, like, whopped my cheek <laughs> so hard. And I was like, kidding me? Like, I thought you knew that I got my wisdom teeth out. And I I'm sorry. I'm, there's no, yeah. <laughs> but I was just thinking of things that, like. <laughs> Why? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm i not. There's no excuse. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm, you know. Who, who knows? Who knows what. The funny thing is, you'd think, like, maybe Gonzo was flirting with you. Except for he, he did stuff like that to everybody. Yeah, full. <laughs> It, I'm a not fully developed frontal lobe as a teenager, probably. Who knows? And I and I could have known, or I could have been told, and then completely forgotten. Or I, but I'm. I can say that the moment I hit you in my brain, I would have not known that like you got your wisdom teeth out. You know, but <laughs> it's not like I'm. I, I, there's no excuse. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't apologize. But 
I also, I like, I was looking at my yearbook and I could only find my junior yearbook, but you wrote something in there that was like, sorry that we, I was so rude or something. Like, we had like things go on. I can't even remember. I was like, I don't know what that was. Even I'm about. sure. And that's, that's till today. I still will on a regular basis stick my foot in my mouth. It is like, it is my my hobby to <laughs> just say something insensitive or like even like Bonnie today was picking up my phone and like just looking at my text. You're like, you write this stuff or like to people? It's just like, you're <laughs> well, like, I don't know. <laughs> no one has to wonder what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just so yeah. I'm sure there was something there. So I'm that that's that's a good thing about doing this podcast. 18 years later, I'm sh- I. I was sure I was going to be, like, apologizing every episode. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I've only been apologizing every few. <laughs> I have a terrible memory, so I don't even that's, know. That's great. <laughs> that's funny. That makes me want to, like, pull up my yearbook and just look in there and just see. It's funny, the things that you write, people write. But, Steve, this is something I remember, which is so stupid. It's not even that big of a deal either. I'm not mad about these things. But it's just things as you think back and you remember. But... I remember I got like, um, we all got voted stuff in the yearbook or whatever. And I was like, Miss Congeniality or something like that. And you were like, really? I totally voted for Elena. You're like, I think she should have got it. I was like, hey, she would be a great choice. Well, <laughs> after, I think after Shreve's episode, yeah, they were saying that like, those weren't those weren't like legit ballot voting, so maybe you'll ain't I don't one. think so. <laughs> no. but you're like, you're, really, you got that? I feel like Elena should got that. That's who I. Like. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, doesn't even apology. Just funny. I, that wasn't even a real apology. I, <laughs> I stand by. It. I don't I can't apologize for being my true self. At least yeah. it wasn't mean for dropping truth. Sorry. <sighs> Sorry. Like, you're not um, nice. Sorry. Well, maybe, I don't know, you probably broke my heart just like you seemingly broke every one of our hearts no, back think. then. I was just like, ah. <laughs> so mad at her. <laughs> <breaking my heart. laughs> That's so funny. But I will say, I mean, this isn't beef, but um, it's carrots, I guess. You were a really good friend to me. So I want to say um, thank you for that. And... Like you would, you did. I think you were one of the only people who would consistently write to me during my mission, and that was really nice. And um, I felt like I don't know if we didn't have a if you didn't have a date to a dance and I didn't have a date to a dance, we would almost always go together. And which was so awesome. And then often like split the bill because like yeah, if I didn't have money for it, you would oh you're like. Totally well, fine. It's like, well, let's money. just not even like do pictures or not do anything, and we'll just go and go to the dance. And I always felt very comfortable with you, and you were a great friend to me, and made high school um, a good experience for me. So I wanted to say thank you. Oh well, likewise. I know what you said is true because when Gonzo's been cleaning out, he was looking for some stuff underneath his stairs before they put all the carpet and all the doors, like as they've been finishing, and like he pulled out a bunch of letters from his mission. And there was a bunch of random stuff where it was like, after you got home, you and I hung out several times and it would be like, hey, let's just write a letter to Gonzo. So there's like these letters where it's like, you're writing and then I'm writing. Yeah, a paragraph. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
about that. Yeah, I, I did too until Gonzo pulled it out. And it, they, there was a bunch of them. It wasn't just like once or twice. There, there's several of them where it's like, hey, we're going to write a letter to Gonzo. And uh, no, it was nice. I think I, because I didn't get a ton of letters, but like I'd probably get one a month from Sarah. So thanks. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. You were a great friend to Gonzo. <laughs> <laughs> Good friend. Um, and then I guess my beef is like with your husband Christian like I've been I'm the only one that reaches out every couple of years I'm like sending him text messages (laughs) to like hey come out let's come out and play tennis he's like oh my shoulder is like uh, it's hurting you know he's he's always has some excuse it's like oh uh, it's Sarah she won't let me he's always blaming it on you he's like oh yeah Sarah's gonna be mad if I go play tennis (laughs) Well, no, again, I'll let him go. I'll let him go. You got to Yeah. You got to g- give him a little, no. give him a little slack on that leash. Sorry, <laughs> I'll, I'll let your romance flourish. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm sure I was rude to him. I've, I've said things out of line to everybody. Well, so. tell, really, he got shoulder surgery. Probably. Yeah. Tell Christian that Gonzo is a U.S. citizen now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that'll make a difference or not, but it definitely can't. It can't hurt. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. Note taken. I'll let him know. Steve, do you have any beef? I don't. Uh, no. You're always great. I do think it's one funny memory I have that I wanted to share. You came, you, you would come out to the track field team sometimes. And at the beginning of practice, you would come out and you'd stretch with everybody and then you would go on your long distance runs, except for you would just go to your house and eat ice cream. Yeah. So that lasted two weeks. And I'm like, forget this. I'm not doing that anymore. Like, I could just go home after school and eat ice cream. I don't need to go do these stretches. And I was always... so terrible. It's <laughs> such a pansy. <laughs> so funny. When you were talking about that, I was like, yeah, I remember you came. At least you showed up. For two weeks? Uh, for two weeks. For two weeks. For two full weeks, I was on the track team. Yep. So I... And then I'm, my confidence waned because I realized I didn't like running. You know, it it takes dedication. You got to give it some time. But, uh, you know, I picked up running in college and I liked it for a while. But it's still not my thing. You know? You're right. That's allowed. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's fine. I just think that's a funny story. Uh, it's terrible. But the funny thing is I do that with Christina and Marianne and they stuck with it and I didn't. Hmm. So. Yeah. And you brought up the other day one time you and I went for a run after you got home from your mission and that guy at the park, uh, was he drunk or was he just totally drunk? He He was like mad drunk. And it was like you were, it was missionary Sarah. Ermana oh, Olson so just came out of the English speaking <laughs> out of the woodworks and it's like we're gonna help him we're gonna get him in touch with the missionaries we're gonna give him a I book had been of home for like two right like it's like I think you it, even gave him like a soft commitment to baptism at that point. it's like <laughs> don't people always will say yes to that he's like yeah sure whatever <laughs> you were you know you were a great missionary even afterwards, yeah. you just really had that fire it burning. It was a rough adjustment back, and I'm sorry you had to be part of that. It was fun to watch. It was, it yeah, was I'm sure it was. It, I, was <laughs> I was kind of a hot mess. But. Well, you know what? That guy probably remembers a little bit. That <laughs> <night>. <laughs> I'm sure he got baptized, too. He probably did. Called that number on that card. 
He was probably already I'm been baptized. <laughs> That's funny. Do, do no. you remember the time I had that POS Jeep that like had 300,000 miles on it? Do you remember this? And I, were we still in high school or was this out? That's, I can't remember. But you were like, let's go to the Alpine set. Like, in Park hey, City, right? Yeah, let's do it. And at Parley's Canyon, like my transmission gets out. So we only made it, we barely made it to the Walmart, just right there. That's just right off the freeway. And you went and got a bunch of oil. We put it in. And I think we like chugged up the canyon back home. We didn't even make it to the slides. No. <laughs> and we like barely made the state street. My dad had to meet us there. And then he tows me home. And it's like the most frightening thing ever. I'm like screaming in the car because he's like stopping. And I have barely any brakes at work. Do you remember this whole I, story? I remember, the, I remember the bang when like your engine totally blew. It was just pop. Oh, yeah. It was bad. But that's like the story of my life. My dad like was good mechanically. So he'd just give us these beaters. And we would just drive them to the ground. It was just like, I can't drive a piece of crap car anymore. Like I have anxiety from it. Because of situations like that. That's so funny. <laughs> I haven't thought about that for 17 years, probably, but that's really, really funny. Yeah. I remember that. And I was yeah, like, I wish Josue was here right now because I don't know jack crap about cars. So I was like useless. I think you even had, you had me drive. I think you were like, hey, will you drive? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I'm driving. And some guy in the car next to us is like, hey, you got to stop driving. Your car's broken. And we're just like, okay, thumbs up. We just keep on driving, roll the windows up. And then and then it just completely blew your engine. Oh, my word. That car actually got fixed and made it with me to college for a couple of years. Surprisingly. You should call your dad and thank him right now. You know? <laughs> ah, that's funny. Do you have anything that you'd like to promote or anything else that you want people to know about? Or anybody no. you want to hear from? You should get Drew Miller on here. Don't you think Drew would be great? Uh, Send him a text. We've tried. <laughs> you try. I don't know if I have his number. And Josh Sorensen, I don't even know a dang thing that's happened to Josh Sorensen for a long time. I saw um, him a few years ago at the Vasa in Saratoga Springs, probably like three or four years ago. So Josh, if you're listening, you still still squatting three plates on each side? <laughs> <laughs> Those two? That, we could try again, yeah, but it would help. If, if you reached out to Drew, he might listen to you more than he'd listen to us. We Chris, tried. Christina said on her episode, she's like, oh, I can get Drew on so easy, but... He's, he's, he, he's not on. <laughs> We're trying. We'll try again. There's like Alyssa Burton. She was actually, I went, I was actually freshman roommates with her. She'd be awesome. Do you guys know who that is? Yeah. Blonde. Remember her? She's, she's funny. She is funny. Did she date Adam Watson? I think I they know. went to a dance, maybe. I don't know. I'm making stuff up now. A funny story, though. My freshman roommate, so I was with Alicia Grail and Alyssa Burton, and then three girls from Brigham City, um, one of them named Brooke, who Gonzo served his mission with and married Adam Watson. Like yeah. this really random like Brooke Bettinson. That was her district leader and zone leader. And we didn't get along. But <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Oh well. But, Sorry. Anyway, just I was random on my mission. Right there. That's funny. So anyway. Well so and Alicia Garrell, she's like I, I love Alicia. Oh, she's great. She, um, she but I don't know. I, I was looking for her to like send her a message or something, 
But I don't, yeah. I, I think, I don't think she frequents social media or like, I don't know. I know she has social media accounts, but I don't think she's active on them. Well, she's expecting her first baby right now. And yeah, just any day now. So she mm. probably. So she'll have a lot I of I told her to days. listen to these. I don't think she's listened to the podcast. I told her she should. Yeah. Tell her I say hi and tell her, tell her to listen again. Okay. Still okay. do. Well, thank you for taking the time to, to come on and, and just chat with us and share. It's been really fun to see you and just hear some of these stories. Yeah. yeah. And don't be a stranger. Like, let's let's get together again. Yeah. Agreed. And next time I'll bring my family. Yeah. 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 I want. I love Christian. I want to see him again. <laughs> You're bro, I'll put a plug in for it's you. Like, I'm, not, you don't so even have to I'm not ashamed to say that, like, <laughs> not only is he... A handsome man, <laughs> but he is also he is a riot. You know, he is a, a hoot to be around. And Can uh, you describe his scent? Does he smell good? He's just got a manly musk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> close playing tennis. I yeah. want to come to his tennis matches. I want to see what happens. <laughs> I know, and he was, and he was much better than I am, um, or that I was then. But I, I've been improving the last few years, so I feel like. I could probably take him. He's honestly rusty. Yeah, it's the best time. It's the best time to play him. Shoulder surgery, rusty, new baby. Yeah, perfect timing. But, I mean, I saw him. He still looks in great shape. (laughs) 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 Oh, you guys are funny. All right. Well, hey, really, like Anza said, don't be a stranger. And uh, we hopefully will talk to you later. Yeah, great. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sarah. Good Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye. Steve, we just got done talking to Sarah. What are your thoughts? I thought it was just great. Um, You and I have made a joke where after every one of these, we look at each other and we say, well, they seem happy. Yeah. So I had, so I've, I myself listened to all our episodes and then I had, I had noticed that after almost every episode, we had said that about everyone's like, oh, she seems happy. Or like, oh, he seems happy. So, <laughs> so I wanted to put that on a t-shirt. Like, <laughs> I, I really think we should. Like pod, like 2004, like Jordan High 2004 podcast. And then in the back, they seem happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Keep your eyes peeled, you guys. Uh, merch coming soon. <laughs> um, but I, you know, since we made a joke out of it, but it's true. It's like she seems happy and it's really fun to hear her talk about like when we say, what are you passionate about? She's like my family. Yeah. But then she talks about her kids and trying to get them involved and saying how I don't feel like I got that push from my parents. So I'm giving a push to my kids. And, uh, it seems like she's doing it in like a healthy, good, happy way yeah. where she's getting joy out of it. And you and I, you know, we talk about this a lot. Like we talk about parenting, we talk about our kids and it's funny what she was saying made me think about that how we the our weaknesses if when we see our weaknesses reflected on our children those things are the things that trigger us most like as a parent like you're something that you see in your kids that reflects your own weaknesses or things that you're ashamed of from your childhood you will like get extra excited about it and be like, Hey, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, well, like Natalie, be like, Oh, whatever, no big deal. And it's the same thing with my kids. And you know, it's like Sarah's doing that with her kids. She, she didn't feel maybe encouraged enough 
um, as a kid or as a teenager. So she's making sure that she is encouraging her kids and um, being that that cheerleader and and making them feel like, hey, you can do anything and you can accomplish anything. And I, I think it's great. I mean, I'm I think we naturally try to take the see the things or I may I, th- I feel like most of us naturally try to be good parents and see the things that maybe the shortcomings that our parents had and try to improve upon them and I think that's healthy and and and, and a good thing and obviously we'll have shortcomings and hopefully our kids can become even parent better parents than us and well, it's you like know. you said our, all of our kids are going to end up in therapy <laughs> right yeah, yeah. we're just gonna yeah it's like we're gonna screw them up somehow it's just maybe not the same way we were screwed hopefully up. <laughs> a little less screwed up or in a different way than our parents screwed us up. yeah but uh she she w- it was great to see her because i think she was somebody that we spent a lot of time with in high school yeah she um, I, I consider sarah a close high school friend we, yeah we spend a lot of time with her yeah and so she it, fond memories we kept bringing up stuff at the end there but it, stuff i mean we could tell stories for days the the thing that i i feel like we didn't dig deep into anything and I don't know. That's, that's what I regret from the episode. It's like, I wish there was something, something a little juicier. I, I think it was like, I don't know. It, I, Bonnie, a lot of the times talks to me. He's like, Oh, you're just going to have another person that just loved high school on. I'm like, yeah, I guess. But you know, it's like, even, even so I like when, when people dig deep. So I don't know. Sorry. I guess, sorry, Sarah, to talk. Yeah, Sarah, if you got any, any juicy details of anything or any dirt you want to yeah. share, uh, feel free to send in a voicemail. Yeah. We didn't get real. <laughs> no, it was fun. Uh, yeah. I love talking to her. So no, it was, it was great. great. Yeah. If, uh, if you want to be on the show, we'd love to hear from you. Just send us an email to jordanhigh2004podcast at gmail.com or you can shoot us in a message on Facebook or on Instagram, whatever. We, we love these. We're, we're scheduling people out through March right now and uh, hoping to keep it up. And just if you're interested, reach, reach out and let us know. Uh, we love doing these and I get just as much out of every single one of these and hopefully you guys do too. So if you're interested, hit us up. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Okay, go for it. Baby, you're Come on, show me what you work. Make them go up, up, up as we shoot across the sky. Baby, you're.